Hello and welcome to episode 37 of The Witcher chapter by chapter book review where I'll go through a summary of the latest chapter and give my detailed thoughts on it. Today I'm discussing chapter 2 from The Tower of Swallows. This is uh, not my favorite chapter. It's not bad. Well, you'll understand. If you don't already know, you'll know very shortly why it's not my favorite chapter. <laughs> But yeah, this one really stuck with me when I read the books the first time. Um, if you, you probably already know by now, if you or, or if you're someone that hasn't read the series through all the way, I'm sure at least by chapter two of the Tower of Swallows, you have a pretty good idea of the fact that this is not a book with nothing but happiness. <laughs> There's a lot of dark stuff and occasionally some disturbing content. And, uh, yeah, there's definitely some of that in this chapter. So, yeah, let's just talk about it now. <laughs> let's get into some of this dark stuff. Although the chapter's not completely terrible. It's not completely disturbing, but there are just... There, there's just one thing that really, really uh, made me feel not good after reading it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'll do the recap of the last episode. So you're caught up and then I'll summarize this chapter and then we'll talk about it. So for the recap, after a run-in with Leo Bonehart and receiving a terrible face cut from Tawny Al, Siri is found unconscious by a hermit, Vaisagoda, who lives in a hidden remote swamp area. The hermit nurses Siri back to health, and the two agree to exchange stories about why they need to remain in hiding. Vaisagoda recounts his tale, but the chapter ends before Siri can unveil the mystery of how she ended up in this location. Alright, here is what happened in chapter 2. The chapter starts the beginning of a flashback to the events that led Siri to Vaisagoda's home. The rats are joined at a postal station they're holding by a pretend merchant called Hotspurn, who the gang has a quid pro quo agreement with that they'll carry out jobs for him in exchange for information. As they're getting tattoos from an artist who is traveling through the area, Hotspurn lets them know the bounty hunter Leo Bonehart is tracking them and is currently in a nearby town called Jealousy. He also informs them about a potential amnesty available to outlaws who turn themselves in and confess their crimes. This is offered because Emperor Amir is marrying Princess Cirilla of Sintra and wishes to spread his happiness. The news that someone is impersonating her and living a life of luxury in her place enrages Siri. She decides to sneak out early the next morning to search for a local prefect and try to claim her place as the Princess of Sintra. Missile catches her before she leaves but accepts that it's over between her and Siri and says goodbye. Siri catches up to Hotspurn on his way to his city and asks how to get to Sintra. The two travel together for a short time before bandits start chasing them and shooting arbalist bolts at them. One hits Hotspurn in the back and they stop running to send their horses away to throw off the bandits. He's not worried about losing his horse because he has a magic bracelet that, when rubbed, calls the horse back to him. He tells her they'll have to travel to the second nearest town as the nearest town is Jealousy and Siri absolutely cannot go there. This is how Siri realizes that Hotspurn meant to direct the rats into a trap. For some reason, he tries to force himself on Siri, who isn't interested, but eventually submits only right before he suddenly dies. Hotspurn's horse comes back, and this is how Siri acquired Kelpie, the horse she had at the beginning of chapter one. 
Now knowing that the rats were heading toward a trap in jealousy, Siri rides Kelpie as fast as she can toward the town to try and cut them off and convince them to turn back. She's too late, though. The rats showed up, challenged Boneheart to a fight, who beat and killed all six of them. Siri shows up right as he takes his final swing at Missile. The two fight for a little bit, but Siri can't manage to kill him. He gets the upper hand, but doesn't kill her. Instead, he ties her to a hitching post and has some of the locals hold her head and eyelids so she's forced to watch as he saws her friend's heads off. All right. <laughs> so, on that cheerful note, uh, let's kick off the chapter discussion by... Um, Talking about a small mention that was in the chapter, and then we'll go into some of the more important topics. So when they're all at the postal station, the rats are all taking a drug in the form of a powder called Fistech that they're either snorting or rubbing on their gums, and it causes them to have quick and nervous movements. Just wanted to make sure we got that established in case it comes up again in future chapters, because we've never heard about this until now. So Siri is doing this in addition to the robbing and killing that she's been doing. Like, she's doing drugs. It, just, it really made me think, imagine if Geralt and Yennefer could see her. That would be really... Uh, that would be a really big bummer for them. Geralt already has a general idea about the killing from the prophetic dreams that he's had. But he obviously doesn't know the full extent of everything that she's been doing. It's just... He, you gotta think about how she would not have been doing these things if she was never separated from them. So it really is just another thing that sucks so bad about the fact that she got separated from them. Like she's in danger all the time, but she's also just making so many bad decisions. I mean, I don't know, maybe things are gonna turn around now that she's not with the rats anymore, but we'll have to see how that plays out. Okay, so now that we got that little discussion about the drugs, the fist tech out of the way, uh, I wanna talk about this whole thing that they go into about this amnesty. There's a big discussion throughout the chapter about this amnesty that's worth exploring in more detail. So Hotspurn informs the rats of a potential amnesty offered to criminals who present themselves to the authorities and confess their crimes. The amnesty is said to result from Emperor Amir's happiness with his fiance, and he wants to extend his happiness to others. Of course, that's the fluff version. In reality, the criminals who confess will be given the choice of execution or military service. So what they're trying to do is just get more soldiers for their army because they're waging this war in the north right now. However, Hotspurn tells the rats about this alternative to military service, which is joining the merchants guild. Basically, they would be under his protection. The rats, unsurprisingly, are immediately dismissive of taking advantage of the amnesty, but Giseller, 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 can't remember how you pronounce it actually, but it doesn't matter because we're not going to be talking about him, I don't think, after this chapter, so who cares. Uh, the leader of the rats, he tells Hotspurn that they'll consider it, but after Hotspurn leaves, they make a plan instead to go find Boneheart in jealousy and kill him so that they can basically get him off of their backs, avenge the other gangs that he's dispatched, and to increase their reputation. They do consider going for the amnesty, but only temporarily through the winter months, so they're not living like vagabonds while it's really cold out. So I guess they would abandon whatever service they were assigned to once it was once the winter's over. 
that was the plan, obviously. That's not going to happen. <laughs> so later in the chapter, Hotspur advises that Siri could just claim to be a victim instead of taking the amnesty since she's a minor and was basically forced. This is his argument. And I was wondering if that would have worked. Like, we don't know what happened between the events at the end of this chapter and her meeting Visigoda, but it doesn't seem like she would have had the chance to try this tactic, since it seems like Bonehart might be taking her alive. Don't know exactly at this point, by the end of the chapter, what he plans to do with her after he did what he did. But, um, you know, I, I wonder if she were to try that, if it would have worked. But I think it's possible Hotspurn was right, that they would have sympathized and saw her as a victim because she's a minor. But she did a lot of killing and robbing, and there's obviously a lot of accountability to be considered. Like, even though she's young, she was still doing some atrocious things. I don't know. I guess if it didn't work, she then could have just gone for the amnesty, but there was only a chance of the victim claim or the amnesty working in her favor if she was captured by the local authorities, not by the, the Varnhagens or the Baronsmen. So... Siri develops the desire to claim her inheritance. As Hotspurn is talking about the amnesty at first when he's at the postal station with the rest of the rats, Siri gets very upset learning that the emperor is engaged to Cyrilla of Sintra, quote unquote. She tells Visigoda, quick note on that actually, because I don't think I expressed how that worked in the summary. Um, the chapter is being told from Siri to Visigoda, so it flips back and forth from the actual story she's telling in the form of a flashback to the present day with her at Visigoda's home. So she tells Visigoda how angry it made her to learn that her inheritance was stolen from her. When she lived in Caramoran and at the temple school, she accepted that she was no longer a princess and that she couldn't return to that life. But now, hearing about how someone was pretending to be her while she was usually hungry, forced to sleep outdoors, and bathe in freezing streams made her unaccept that she was no longer royalty. And I can understand that. I think that that's pretty normal with most people. Different circumstances can impact how you feel about certain things. You know, she wasn't living a life of luxury in Kaer Morin or in the temple school back when she was okay with the big changes in her life, but it was more comfortable and safe than her current situation. So I can see how the princess lifestyle would be, or how it would sound more appealing to her at this moment. But she didn't get the opportunity to try and reclaim her inheritance anyway, so it's neither here nor there. Also, even if she did try, uh, it is mentioned that she probably would have been killed. So it's a good thing she didn't get that opportunity. All right, next thing I have in my notes here is to move into the discussion about Boneheart. I don't want to. <laughs> uh, since the moment, honestly, since the moment I decided to create this podcast series, I've been dreading this, this discussion. When I read these books through the first time, this chapter, the ending of this chapter, I guess, stood out to me, I think, more than anything else, or at least when it comes to the more disturbing things that takes place in this series. This was the one that I, I felt sick to my stomach when I read that the first time. So yeah, since I wanted to make this podcast, I have been dreading getting to this chapter and talking about this part. 
because it just bothered me so much. All right, let's do it. At the postal station. <laughs> Come back to the beginning. Hotspurn warns the rats that Bonehart is after them. He first tells them that the prefect of Amarillo, the Varnhagens, and the Baron of Cassidy, Cassidy, I'm not sure how you say that, um, all those groups are after them. And they're just completely unfazed by this. But the news of Boneheart gives them all pause because he's taken out other prominent gangs and they know he doesn't offer his services cheap. He's got a reputation for being very dangerous. And Kaylee even says that he's heard if you want to bury everyone Boneheart's killed in one graveyard, it would need to be at least a half acre. So later in the chapter after Hotspurn died, Siri put two and two together and heads for jealousy where... Boneheart is supposed to be held up at the moment. Uh, she heads there on her newly acquired horse, Kelpie, to try and stop the rats before they could walk right into the trap. And she thought it was a trap, like, like it was, but a trap of an armed force. She didn't consider it could have been what it really was, which was just one man, because in most situations, one person wouldn't really be a threat to an experienced gang of seven. I know there were six of the rats that actually went there and got killed, but at the time... Uh, you know, where what the trap was supposed to be was supposed to include Siri or Falca. I, I kept feeling weird writing Siri when, like, at, during this time she was being called Falca, but I'm like, I know her as Siri. I know she is Siri, and she's going back to being called Siri, so it's fine. Anyway, um, but it's funny because that's actually what I said in a previous episode that it was one versus seven, like Boneheart versus the rest of the rats. So, what were the chances he'd be able to beat them? Now we know he's not your average person. So I thought it was interesting that he seemed to have the intention of killing Siri too, like in addition to the rest of the rats. She held her own against him longer than the rest of the gang did. But instead of killing her once he got the upper hand, he just hit her. He didn't kill her. I think maybe this is why he didn't kill her. Um, He was intrigued by her skill, but that's just a guess because this was the only difference her being able to hold her own against him for a while. That was the only difference between her and the rest of the rats who he did decide to kill. Plus, after a little bit of fighting, he points out that she's good and says she's aroused his curiosity. So that's just what I'm thinking at the moment, why he didn't kill her, why he let her live, uh, unless he's just completely sadistic and wanted to force her to watch what he did to her friends. I don't know. Um, I guess that's something that we're going to have to look forward or look for an answer in a future chapter if it's ever fleshed out. But uh, I don't really have much else to say about this encounter. Uh, Because I think because it bothered me so much, I didn't even really bother to to come up with more to say. I don't know. There's really just not that much else to say. He killed her friends. He almost killed her. He got the upper hand and forced her to watch him saw their heads off. Yeah. He's a highly skilled sword fighter and extremely sadistic, which I guess are ideal qualities for somebody in his profession. Yeah. That's that's all I have to say about that. All right. Well, I have a few closing thoughts here. Uh, not really too much to say. Um, not really a lot that i thought about at the close of this chapter, but we still need to hear the rest of Siri's story. From chapter one, we were 
given more questions. There were some things that we weren't totally sure about. Some of those things were answered in this chapter. So we now know how she acquired Kelpie, how the rats died, and how she met Boneheart. Still no answers, though, on why Boneheart didn't kill her, like I was just talking about, how she met Tawny Owl, or how Tawny Owl cut her face, or how she ended up near Vizagota's home. Also, I guess uh, that there was the brief talk in chapter one about how she thought that it was a certain time that it wasn't. Like she thought that the date was way earlier than it actually was. And for a second, she thought Vizagota was lying to her about it. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. That could have just been nothing. So maybe that won't be explored a little bit more. But if it was something, then that's another thing we have to look out for in the upcoming chapters. Alrighty. Well, sorry, this actually ended up being a shorter one than I anticipated it being. I, <laughs> I, mean, I started out the episode talking about how I was not looking forward to talking about this. So I guess it's no surprise that I did not have a whole lot to say here. But yeah, that is what it is. And it's just going to be how it goes with some chapters. I've come to learn. Uh, what did I say this was? Chapter or episode 37. Yeah, 37 episodes in, I've come to learn that there's just going to be some episodes where the discussion isn't going to be that long, but that's okay. I think as long as we talk about the important things and explore them, that's all that really matters. Alrighty, that is all I have for you. So just to let you know, in case you didn't, these episodes are available on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for joining, and I will catch you all in the next episode.